the Minnesota Twins trade batting champion 2022 all-star Luis Arise to the Miami Marlins in a package that includes Pablo Lopez. Matt Braun is joining us. Can't wait. We're going to break this thing down from all angles on today's episode of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to a breaking news Lockdown Twins podcast. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today is Friday, January 20th, midday Friday. Friday news dump, maybe just breaking in the middle of the day for no reason. But Matt Braun is with us. So glad he's able to join us. Matt, I texted Matt last night because I got a comment, as I always do, wondering where Matt is. Can we hear from Matt? Where's Matt? Where's Matt? And he said, hey, let's wait for something. And look what happened 12 hours later. Matt, look at you. I something about me on this show and me and this show just like spurns trades. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to question it, uh, but it definitely is weird. Here's the deal. Jeff Passan, full trade per ESPN sources. The Marlins receive second baseman Luis Arise. The Twins receive right-handed pitcher Pablo Lopez, shortstop Jose Salas, and an outfielder Byron Chorio. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I think Matt knows better than me. But that's your package. Pretty crazy. I mean, this is something we saw coming for a while, Matt, or at least had an inkling that this could happen in a Luis Arise, Pablo Lopez. They've been talking for a long time. What's your initial reaction when you see this full package to this deal? Well, my my reaction is uh, I think even if it were just, say, Arise for Lopez, I'd be a little upset, but I don't think I would. I could live with it, right? I could mm-hmm. I could sleep at night knowing you've got an extra starting pitcher. You know, those are incredibly valuable. We all know that. Uh, but that they got back a legitimate prospect in Solace and another um, wild card uh, in Churio. I mean, they did so well that I'm I'm almost confused now. I'm I'm almost like, what, is there a catch? Like, are mm-hmm. we are we missing something? They did like too well, actually. Yeah, let's uh let's just give the basics here. Pablo Lopez, right-handed starter for the Marlins, solid last year. The year before that, he was very good. Just less innings. He's had shoulder trouble in his career, but he threw 180 innings in 2022. Just at a lesser like efficiency, I would say. He has two years of team control at an arbitration salary this year. I think it's five and a half million. So right about what Luis Arise was to make this year in arbitration. Louis has three years of team control. Jose Salas. At Baseball Prospectus, the number 93 prospect, he's a shortstop, and evaluators are optimistic that he can remain at shortstop. But the addition of Solace to the twin system gives them five players in Baseball Prospectus top 100 in Royce Lewis, Brooks Lee, Emmanuel Rodriguez, Marco Raya, and now Solace. So, Matt, from the prospect, we're prospect guys, you know, watching, and you've, you've done minor league reports your entire life at Twins Daily. What's your reaction to adding another top 100 prospect to the system per baseball perspectives? Well, I just see it as another potential hit. Uh, you know, I've become I've become actually quite um, uh, I don't know. There's a word out there before, but now that as a prospect evaluator, you know, this, a lot of times there's so much hype surrounding these guys that you always feel like you have to be like, okay, let's let's slow it down now. You know, right. uh, these guys bust at incredible rates. Uh, hey, the Mariners just DFA Justice Sheffield the other day. I remember that guy was supposed to be the next big thing. He was in the James Paxton deal and he flamed out. It happens. Uh, so in that regard, um, 
You know, it's like you can never bank on these guys becoming uh, all-stars or even quality players consistently. But when you have a lot of them, you have a good chance of at least one or two of them, three or four of them becoming, you know, the next big thing. So is Salas going to be one of them? I don't know, but he just gives them that much more depth in a system that I wouldn't say is lacking in depth, uh, but had more questions than I think you would like. Uh, so, yeah, I think it extends it by just that much more. And uh, I'm all for it. I love it. From the Luisa Rise angle, plenty of fans. I'm getting texts from from friends who are like, why? What's going on? Why would they trade Luisa Rise? He won the batting title. He was an all-star. He's beloved. And that includes us, right? We love Luisa Rise. I love Luisa Rise. And I'm emotional about a trade like this, certainly, like every other Twins fan. And then you look at it from a baseball perspective, and the Twins, they need controllable starting pitching. They're losing likely three starters to free agency after this year. So I understand the logic in it. And you add a top 100 prospects, another young prospect in Churio who crushed at the Dominican Summer League. These are two young prospects, but promising prospects, plus Pablo, who I think is a solid number two, three starter. I mean, what where would you put Pablo in this rotation right now, Matt? Now they have six starters. Uh, well, I don't know if Pablo uh, passes the Sunny Gray test, I guess, as we may call it. Uh, if you're looking for a starter, that's unquestionably better. Uh, than the number one guy you already have, but he's close. I think he's real close. I think he's in this, you could consider like the Tyler Molly uh, sphere of just super talented guys, guys who you can see the tools and you can see, you know, what makes them potentially a great starting pitcher. They just haven't really quite put it all together. I think he's in that tier. Uh, so I would avoid being like, oh, he's a number two, he's a number three. I would just say he's a talented guy. If he never, uh, puts it all together like I think we can uh, with his fastball changeup with maybe even the third pitch. I don't know. Uh, you're still looking at, you know, a two and a half win player. That's really valuable as a pitcher. Uh, but if he does, you're looking at an all-star. And the Twins haven't had a whole lot of all-star starting pitchers lately. Uh, so I think just lengthening the rotation as well perhaps moving over to more of a long relief sort of swingman role. Uh, maybe you want to combine him with Kenta Maeda, eat some innings that way. I don't know. You can get creative. Uh, I'm just happy we're not seeing Matt Shoemaker or, yeah. you know, Jay Happ or any. They, they understood the mistake. They understood that when you go after uh, those kind of guys and they bust, that it really, it really hurts the team. So they're like, all right, screw it. We're going after the top guys. We're just going after the top talent and we're going to make sure we're going to make really sure that they're going to hit and that this is going to be a quality starting rotation. I understand people who might be wondering why Arise didn't bring back more or why the Twins wouldn't package more with Arise to get like a better starter. But something I've tried to push, Matt, is who's out there? Like Pablo Lopez is the guy to me. I don't see anybody else better than Pablo Lopez moved. I mean, I could be dead wrong. I could end up looking dumb. You could see a couple of starters move, but to me, like he's the best starter who's going to move this off season, in my opinion. No, no, I think you're right. I think I would agree with that. Uh, obviously there's like Zach Gallen, but uh, you're going to have to trade the entire world and then some to yeah. get Zach Gallen. So that's not happening. They're not trading Sandy Alcantara. You can stop with those. Articles That'd be amazing. I, it would be incredible. He's so good and he's so cheap that it's it literally wouldn't make sense to trade him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you're right. I think from the intersection of like a quality starting pitcher, an available starting pitcher, uh, it's Pablo Lopez, and it's really going to be that. Uh, as far as like giving up a rise, I actually just wrote about that the other day. Oddly enough, got like 125 comments. Good lord, I read like five of them, and I'm like, I'm out of here. I know this is going to be. <laughs> I actually get worried. The more comments I get, the more worried I am. I'm like, oh, this is a shit show. Uh, 
But uh, to give up Arias, you know, I think he has – he's a quality baseball player. Let's say that. I think um, maybe he's not a second baseman. But at the very worst, I think he's going to be like a 120, 130 WRC plus hitter. Uh, and he's going to provide that offense, I think, consistently, even though it's uh, in a, maybe an unusual package. Uh, but the issue is he's not a second baseman. He's a first baseman. And so to have a first baseman um, hit around that area, it's not quite as valuable. It's right. not, you know, I think he tops out even at his very peak at like a four to four and a half win. And that's that's your peak. So you look at that and you say, well, you know, I think we could use a starting pitcher. I think we could reasonably make up for a rise with some sort of combination of maybe Miranda sees more first. Maybe it's Kirilov. Uh, kind of would have liked to see them maybe kick the tires on Trey Mancini, but that ship sailed. Uh, I think um, I think they're well suited actually to make up for the loss, though. Is there more coming for the Twins? More on Luis to rise. Pablo Lopez, the impact on the roster. So much coming with Matt after this word from Bill Barr. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all those calories, I get it. You got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me or you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right real chocolate they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and now you don't need to wait around for a box when you order online you can head to sam's club or walmart that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. That's a word from Bill Barr. Bringing in Matt Braun to analyze more on this Louisa Rise trade. First, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects, I'm sure we'll have a deeper dive on Jose Salas and Churio host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Matt, impact on the roster. So you mentioned a rise first baseman. I've kind of pushed that on the show the last couple of weeks. Like he's at the bottom of the defensive spectrum at this point. Now you take away him from first base. I expect that to be Alex Kirilov playing first base against a right-handed starter on opening day. Oh, yeah, I fully agree. I think that's Kirloff's spot to lose. Uh, like I mentioned before, I think Miranda will also uh, play a little bit of first base. I think it's going to be one of those positions they cycle a lot of guys in and out in. Uh, or, I, I don't know, crackhead Derek Falvey may trade for another guy tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Last time I came here and like tried to tell you things, they went and traded Josh Donaldson like the mm -hmm. second we were talking. So I've like stopped trying with that at all. But as of this moment, I will say that, and I don't think there's another trade, no, Let's keep uh, getting, uh, it, it, who knows though? Yeah. Uh, it'll be Alex Kirilov at first base. I, I believe that. I think from the end of the lockout until today, the Twins have to be the most active team in baseball with trades, and they've signed Carlos Correa twice. They've traded top prospects. They've traded four, three starters, or four starters: Paddock, Malley, Gray, Lopez. Pretty insane. It's pretty insane the the dealing that Derek Balvey is doing here. I think. There's a perception here, Matt, on this regime after back-to-back -back losing seasons. I think people have been upset about trades they've made. 
you know, specifically, I think the Paddock and Pagan deal was upsetting, especially at first because Rodgers was crushing it in San Diego. Do you think that this is going to further that kind of vitriol from fans who think that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are not doing a good job? They're trading away fan favorites. They're, you know, spending too much money on position players and not investing on the pitching side. What would be your response to that? Uh, I mean, I could get it uh, if you're looking at because I, and someone else even has pointed out in the chat that they've specifically uh, traded guys who you could say are fan favorites who are high energy type of players. Uh, and so to lose those to lose a guy that uh, you like to come to the ballpark and just watch his energy and arise is all as all. I mean, my, my God, he just embodies the word energy. He's just all over the place, even at the plate while hitting you're just like my god i i can't sit down watching the dude's got so much energy uh but as far as the actual strategy uh and what they're going with i i like it a lot and i've criticized them i i've i've um leveled some criticisms but if you look at the guys that you've mentioned the starting pitchers with paddock molly uh gray um pablo pablo now uh they're targeting the mainly uh these not necessarily by low guys, but guys that have that potential guys that you can see maybe an adjustment or two uh, are away from really becoming um, a quality starting pitcher. And it hasn't quite worked out mainly because of injuries, uh, but I can see the vision and I can see that they're saying, Hey, look, we're a mid-market team. It is what it is. It's going to be hard to attract, you know, the Zach Wheelers of the world in free agency, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to trade for these guys and we're going to trade for guys who, you know, we're not going to trade for the, the Cy Young award winners because they're mm-hmm. always going to have, you know, incredible price tags for it. But we're going to trade for the guys we think that can become close to that level uh, because that's the game they have to play. And I think they acknowledge that and they realize that. And good Lord, have they been playing that game lately? As I said, it hasn't quite played out in their favor, but I don't think it's been certainly not due to a lack of trying, but I don't think it's because of their own failures as much as, Hey guys get injured. It's sports, mm-hmm. you know, that, that does tend to happen. So if it all works together, which I think it can, Hey, we might be looking at a pretty good starting rotation. Well, this has got to be absolutely. I think yesterday, yesterday it was the deepest rotation in the Favi Levine regime for better or worse. And I think today it's even deeper. Here's a look. I just tweeted this out, a look at uh, what the opening day lineup roster could look like. I think things are going to change here. But if you look at the rotation itself, Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez, Tyler Malley, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, Kenta Maeda, there's six right there. And you have Louis Varlin, Simeon Richardson, Josh Winder, maybe Jordan Belazovic bounces back. So Matt, I think they're setting themselves up here to withstand some injury ineffectiveness, you know, growing pains coming back from Tommy John with Maeda or Ober with the lower workload. I think they're setting up for that with this depth. Um, it's it's probably going to be one of the deeper starting rotations. I could see that, although those are always famous last words. So, you know, um, there you <laughs> yeah, go. Know. deep is like not a thing for this. Team. It's not a thing in baseball. It can be gone within the month. I mean, right. good Lord. we know it can happen, but also maybe it doesn't happen. Uh, that that's baseball right there. I could have just ended. I could just end the sentence there. Uh, I think it's, I think they're well suited though uh, at the moment. Uh, and as I said, it's depth. It's like real depth. Like I, I, again, not to like plug all my things, but I wrote about this as well about the issue when you sign a guy like Dylan Bundy is it's like fake depth mm-hmm. because yeah, sure. He's an arm and he's capable. And yeah, maybe he goes out there and throws eight innings against Arizona, which he did do. He did. Uh, he did do it. Credit to him. Yep, I watched. But I, I watched I couldn't believe it, but he <laughs> did it. Um, the thing about that though, is it's it because 
he's on the roster and because he's capable, it's just that much harder to get rid of him and try and upgrade him uh, with no, with like no offense to Dylan Bundy, but like more what he represents. Uh, so now that they're aiming higher and they're saying, Hey, let's go a little bit younger. Let's go a little bit higher potential. Uh, that's actual depth. And so now you're pushing the guys like Louis Varlin and Samin Woods Richardson down further the line guys who actually can become, I think quality major league pitchers. Uh, I even forgot about Josh Winder for a second there. Mm-hmm. Uh, him too. Now that those guys are your depth and those are the guys you can call up and then send down at will, that's a much stronger rotation. That's actual, like, real, tangible pitching depth. Now we'll see how the injuries go because, Mm -hmm. as I said, pitching depth might as well not even be a term. uh, But it looks pretty good. Salas, a shortstop. And, again, the sense is he could remain there. He could be a shortstop in the big leagues. Matt, I'm thinking – Knowing this front office, and we talked about how active they've been in the last 18 months or so, I would say in the, yeah, 18 months, they've been extremely active. Knowing this front office, I don't think they're close to done here. I don't think that this is the team that's going to be out there on opening day, especially in the outfield. I I don't think that's going to be the outfield alignment. Uh, What do you think could be next for them? If they were to make another move, what do you think is most likely here? Oh my God. Do you want me to predict Falvey? Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> He's turning into like the American league version of AJ Preller in some ways. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, with less, lo- I mean, uh, let, let's be clear. Derek Falvey does crack. AJ Preller does cocaine. I think that's the, that's how that breaks down. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, I could honestly see that as um, how they play it because we've been talking about trading Kepler. God knows I've been talking about trading Kepler for, Darn near close to four years now at this point, even even in 2019, uh, I heard yeah. a lot of talk about it. And so at this point, I'm, I'm like, hey, maybe they just keep him around. There are worse things to have than arguably the best defensive right fielder in the game uh, who had, dare I say it, ideal batting batted ball data. Uh, although once you bring up um, Max Kepler and batted ball data, you might as well just be speaking gibberish. Uh sabermetricians in like a hundred years are going to look at this player and just be baffled yeah. or maybe they'll figure it out. I don't know. We don't know. I hate it. It's so annoying. Um, but anyways, that's, that's a quality team right there. Uh, again, Byron needs to stay healthy. That's the point. Uh, but at the moment, I mean, we've talked about them uh, with Correa, I think pushing them up to an 85 win team. Let's say Pablo Lopez, more of a lateral move with the mm-hmm. value of a rise, mm-hmm. maybe an extra win if you're being generous. Uh, but I think one that's more consistent, I would say one that you can bank on those wins coming. And, you know, that's not going to be the team uh, heading into probably not heading into March, definitely not heading into August. I mean, I mm-hmm. think they're well set up then to make that big move at the trade deadline if that's what they want to do as well. Key in this, Pablo, with a year, an extra year of team control in 2024. So now, instead of just Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober slated, and Chris Paddock hopefully is back and ready to go, but you have Pablo Lopez as well at the top of the rotation as a solid two-three in my mind, and could be more. Like you said, Matt, he could be an All-Star level pitcher. He's, I think, he's 26. So there's more there. 93-95 with the fastball, really good changeup, and the Twins have targeted guys with reverse splits. <laughs> I think like these, all their starters, almost all of them have reverse splits and you hope that he can develop that third pitch and get righties out. I don't think he had reverse splits. Actually, I'm not sure Pablo does for his career, but his best pitch is a change up. So you wonder about a third pitch for Lopez. Another factor here, Matt is in the rotation. Could you see, you know, Sonny gray 
Tyler Malley, Kenta Maeda packaged with somebody else in a trade before opening day. Oh my goodness, that would be crazy. Uh, I, I mean, as I said, I wouldn't put anything past Falvey, but that yeah. that might be too much even for him. I think uh, you've already accrued this much depth. Let's let's you know rest on your laurels a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. not let's not be going too far out there. And I don't, as I said before, I don't even know who they would be trading them for. Uh, mm. Unless the Rays suddenly are like tired of Shane McClanahan or something, but oh, I I highly doubt that. That'd be something, yeah. Oh, it'd be awesome, but I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing I was thinking of, my whole push with trading Luis Arise was his his value to this lineup is such that isn't equivalent to I think how he's viewed outside of this lineup. If that makes sense, I think his he's invaluable to this group in my opinion. Which means if you're going to trade him, which I was fine, you know, that's fine. If you're going to trade Luis Arise, I understand it. If you're going to trade him, you need to get something significant in return. I wouldn't say that about everybody. I wouldn't say it about Max Kepler. I think I'd be okay with a lot of deals for Max Kepler at this point, personally. But for Luis Arise, what I think he means to the clubhouse, to the lineup, it needed to be like a significant addition. And would you describe this as that when you when you factor in Solace and you know, kind of a lotto ticket in the Dominican Summer League, but somebody who looks like they could be really good in, in Churio, how would you describe this return overall in comparison to like a significant return? Uh, I mean, I would I would say it's significant. I think if you're acquiring uh, a starting pitcher with two years of eligibility, that's, man, that takes a lot. Let's think about what the Twins gave up or what the Twins got in return, excuse me, for Jose Barrios. And that was mm-hmm. just a year and a half. And at the time, you're looking at uh, Austin Martin, who was unquestionably a top 50 prospect, probably isn't now, uh, but still is quality. And Simeon Woods Richardson, who was teetering, used to be, but uh, kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, and that that was for less than what um, – uh, that was for uh, – he, he had less years of control remaining than uh, Pablo Lopez. Uh, now, of course, Luis Reyes is also a major league quality player. Uh, that makes things a bit different. Uh, but I think that the Twins did very well. And, you know, uh, with the clubhouse aspect, I'm I'm always, like, leery uh, of those discussions because on the um, – just because we're not there on a daily basis. We don't right. know the inner workings. I would say – uh, as an outsider that the twins are probably well equipped to handle it, especially now that you have, you know, uh, assistant GM, uh, future president, Carlos Correa back. Uh, I mean, he's probably going to carry every hat imaginable. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, now that you have him and Byron leading it, um, now that you have um, Royce Lewis, who by all accounts is a phenomenal leader as well. I think they're well equipped to handle that. And I mean, uh, the guys know it's a business. I think the guys, right. uh, even though they may like Arise personally, are probably going to understand that uh, you make these deals uh, because of the on-field, uh, because of the strategy uh, choices available. So while personally, yeah, they might be like, eh, you know, I uh, would have liked to see Luis Arise uh, around. I think winning uh, does tend to negate these things. Looking at, I'm looking at Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, Pablo Lopez compared since 2019. So this is since 2019. Lopez is the youngest. He's a year younger than Maui. 391 ERA for Pablo. That's a 108 ERA plus. Sonny Gray at 133. Maui and Lopez are like identical in ERA plus. Both at 108. ERA a little bit different because Pablo pitches in Miami at that at that um, park. But in FIP, Tyler Maui, 406. Pablo Lopez, 368. To me, very similar acquisition, Matt. And you can push back on this if you disagree or you think Pablo is different. But it was like, get Mally out of GABP in Cincinnati and let's see what he can do. 
for Pablo, it's maybe make a couple tweaks, but he is who he is. Maybe there's more. He's only 26, but it's maybe more getting righties out consistently in a Twins uniform, you know, with a solid third pitch. How would you compare those two? I mean, maybe. Uh, I actually looked it up while you mentioned it, and at least in 2022, Lopez allowed a lower uh, WOBA to righties than lefties. Mm. Uh, you know, there's a lot more to, to consider than just that, but on the surface, that's what it was. Uh, I could see that uh, as a comparison. Like you said, I mean, Molly, good good Lord, what a what a stadium that is. Yeah, just get, mm. get him out of Great American. For Lopez, uh, I think it's going to be uh, um, in the write-up I'm actually doing about it right now. I compare him a lot to uh, Chris Paddock and mm. Kevin Gosman. Uh, because for whatever reason, and I still don't understand this, why teams do this, uh, uh, for like 20% of Lopez's pitches are sinkers and cutters that are just not getting anyone out. Uh, and hitters are just crushing them. And for, for whatever reason, he keeps throwing them. God knows why. Uh, so I can imagine the twins just being like, Hey, I know you, you may like these pitches, but let's not. Uh, so they could go multiple ways uh, with Lopez. They could just nix those pitches entirely. Wouldn't surprise me, or at least like greatly reduce them. Or even his curveball had some real tremendous uh, ex-woba numbers, like ex-woba in like the 180 or wow. something ungodly like that, even though he was using it like 9% of the time. Uh, but also he's throwing his fastball right down the middle of the plate, uh, which is not going to help anything. So I think they have a lot of things they can do to maybe work with him. And, we started to see these things with Paddock, who I think is uh, at least kind of comparable and, you know, a fastball changeup guy kind of lacks the third pitch uh, and his fastball doesn't have uh, tremendous velocity and um, not quite ideal pitch shape, uh, but still through command, through the fact that Paddock was throwing it like at the direct top of the zone, right. uh, one of the highest heat maps I've ever seen, he was getting outs. So I think they'll do something similar with Lopez. Or, or maybe they do something dissimilar. I don't know. These people are way smarter than I am. Uh, but on a surface level, that's that's what I see. And I think these are all relatively attainable mm-hmm. uh, things that they can do. So attainable that you almost wonder why he didn't do them in the first place. But, I, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes along with that. So uh, I am optimistic on Lopez. I think he can become a three-and-a-half, four, maybe even higher win starting pitcher. And I don't think it would take too much. Lopez made 32 starts last year. 180 innings would have led the Twins by a pretty good margin. So that's another factor as well. Hoping for a bunch of innings out of him in 2023. Matt, thank you so much. This is uh, a long time coming. This this deal getting official is somewhat of a surprise, but not really. I mean, we've heard about it for a while. You did a great job. Everybody comment your thoughts. Let us know what you think. I have a feeling many will not be happy with this, and I understand that. Matt, thank you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, of course. I'll come back in a week when we make another crazy deal. <laughs> it might be tonight, folks. Might oh, be good tonight. Lord, it may be. All right, Thanks, see you, man. man.